You are listening to the Loitering and Unarmed podcast, an unapologetic conversation with fellow social justice warriors to engage in radical talk that inspires radical results for Ohio's poorest city. Hosted by Izzy and Jay, two East Cleveland provocateurs committed to narrative change and economic justice. Hey, how's it going? We 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 here uh, back again, loitering and unarmed. Um, we uh, are here with our first guest, actually. Um, and uh, I could sit here and, and try and do the introduction, uh, but unlike other podcasts, you know, I, I haven't done all my research except for the fact <laughs> that I've known this brother for for a long time. And then when you leave and then come back, you reintroduce. You know, you reintroduce yourself to the people uh, that that you knew when you were no longer here. So, like I've said before, like I I, I left, uh, you know, I left East Cleveland, you know, to go, you know, over on the East Coast, and then when I came back, I'm trying to figure out like who, who 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 out there uh, understands, you know, the goal of what loiter is and the importance of East Cleveland and the importance of alignment when you're looking to move and do work in spaces that are near and dear to our hearts that are going to move us into a more emancipated reality. So, uh, so I'm, you know, without saying anything else, I want to, you know, introduce, uh, brother Ibrahim, you know, to the, to the show, to the, to, to the loiter just ecosystem. Uh, like I said, this is a, this is not, it's not about Ismail. It's not about Jay. It's not about Brandon. It's not about, you know, it, it's about a collective of us all working towards a shared reality. Uh, and so, um, you know, obviously, so without, you know, leading the witness here, <laughs> I want to be able to see, you know, what's his, what, what, from, from, from seeing how we've been moving, seeing how we've been having conversations and, and inviting him into our space. I'd like to hear like straight up, what is his version of, of what he believes that lawyer is about. Again, no, I didn't give him no notes. I can give them, we're not, we're not trying to, again, lead the witness. I just want to know, like, what is it, who are you, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, where are you from, you know, like, you know, your, your East Cleveland roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, what is it that you you see, you know, happen in the East Cleveland? Okay. Well, yeah, definitely, like you said, I got, you know, I have East Cleveland roots. Uh, um, you know, graduated Shaw, Kurt, Mayfair, Chambers. You know what I'm saying, but um, wait, what year you come out of Shaw? '89. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, going back, I mean, in terms of, um, you know, how like my family got to East Cleveland, you know, when I was as far as when like when I was born, you know, what I'm saying we lived on on Sandusky off of 93rd. Um, you know, we moved around in that area for some. We moved a lot. You know what I'm saying? We moved around, so we moved from Sandusky to a street called Orleans off of 93rd. We lived on, uh, you know what I'm saying, on many in the Garden Valley neighborhood. And from there, we came to East Cleveland probably in the uh, late 70s. So so um, we moved on Gainsboro off of Hayden. So we lived on Gainsboro. We moved from Gainsboro to, to Hayton 1676 Hayton in the apartment building, um, which is no longer there. You know what I'm saying? They tore yeah. down tore down the neighborhood. Um, it was which was actually between uh, our building was between third and fourth street. And we moved from there, we moved on, you know, then we had some, you know, you know, regular kind of black family issues to where we had to, you know, move in with people. So we lived on 116th, we we lived on 117th and Buckeye, you know. And then we moved uh, on Claiborne off of Hayden. Yeah, you know real quick. You know, some people up the hill don't even realize that there's numbered streets in East Cleveland. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Second, third, <laughs> yeah, fourth. Yeah, yeah that, that, was, that was, was our, yeah, yeah. we, man, we, you know what I'm saying, playing over there and playing on the, the railroad tracks on 133rd. You know, we did, you know, that that was, you know, East Cleveland, man. That was just, you know, it was our, our little universe, you know. Yeah, so then yeah. you left Shaw. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I, you know, like I said, I graduated in 89, left Shaw, went to the military. You know, um, what kind of led me there was, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, it was East Cleveland, too. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It was, uh, 
you know, what was going on in, in, at the time and in the neighborhood and, uh, you know, home life and just a lot of different factors. So so by the time I would say by the time I was in like 10th grade, I knew for sure that I was going to the military because mm. college was an option for me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm like, nah, man, I'm, you know, I hated school and, you know, I had a lot of, I had a lot of, you know, a lot of issues, you know what I'm saying? In terms of just, you know, just, just, just growing up. Yeah. You know, so um, I remember seeing, a matter of fact, I saw a recruiter walking across the campus, the court, the courtyard at Shaw. Mm. And I was like, I went up, I walked up to him. I'm like, man, I want to join. Yeah. He looked at me like, <laughs> man, you're too young, man. Like, you know, I'm like, well, you know, okay, what I got to do? So he like, well, you know, you can, um, when you turn 17, you can get, you can become part of what they call the debt program, deferred enlistment program. So basically your, your, your guardian, your parent could sign you over to say that, you know, he's going to join. I give him permission to join. So, you know, you can take the, what they call the ASVAB test and all this other stuff. So I, that's what I did. Yeah. So I knew. How, how long did you serve? I was uh, four years, and four years, eight months. You know what I'm saying? I got out, you know, um, just just shy of five years. So what is it? Was it what you expected? So I, I've never, nah, just so you know, yeah. I've never talked to nobody yeah. from the military. Well, no, know. it wasn't because, see, see, my, my way of thinking was like, yeah, you know, first of all, I joined the Air Force. I was thinking like, well, I joined the Air Force because, you know, I ain't going to go to war, yeah, blah, 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 yeah, that type of thing. Yeah, 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 I'm trying, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I get me, a, I guess, a decent little gig or something, you know, and I can, you know, escape my way through it or whatever. So what ended up happening was, um, um, you know, I did that. And, and for one, then people try to talk here because because they have the, you know, you have to grade the highest on the ASVAB test in order to get into the 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 Air Force. Not, you know, people in the, you know, they joke about, you know, people in the Army, all you got to do is sign your name, you get in, you know what I'm yeah. saying, type thing. But you have to, have to score a certain type of way. And they basically, they basically look at your aptitude in terms of what you may be more um, inclined to, to be, um, you know, you may be more inclined to, to, you may have a higher mechanical aptitude or whatever it may be. So, so I did that. And, um, and so, you know, I remember the recruit, recruiter like, okay, we're going to make you a munition system specialist. And I'm like, man, the munitions, I'm like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you know, so long story short, you know what I'm saying? I'm like munitions. I'm like, I know what ammunition is. Right. I don't know what munitions yeah, is. Yeah, I was about so. to say, are you missing the A? Like, right, what is munitions? Right. So basically, it, it, it's, it's somebody who, who, uh, who helps to build in the, the weapons, the munitions for the aircraft. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the bombs, the missiles, the whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I ended up getting trained in and which being in the Air Force, that will get you deployed. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, boom, as the storm jumps off, yeah, I end up getting deployed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying after I join. So, you know, but you know that was that was just part of the experience. And you know, I, and and coming out of East Cleveland, you know what I'm saying. I really, I really wasn't prepared for, um, for the world outside of EC. You know what I'm saying. And what I mean by that, if you have you know, you have a certain type of experience in EC. You know what I'm saying? You have kind of like a village, you know, real black experience yeah, in EC. Yeah. You know, so I go to this broader world that's really, you know, um, you know, really contrary to my existence and what I had known and the people that I grew up around. And it was really, it was a culture shock, man. You mm. know what I'm saying? I'm like, the adjustment was really... You know, it was difficult, man. I'm like, man, you know, you know, just the open. I mean, you know, you understand, you know, racism and white supremacy in a certain type of way now as you as you mature. But at the time, I just dealing with the like people openly being a certain type of way towards me. I'm like, I just was like, man. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, man, my brain is going a lot of places. So first mm -hmm. is there's this. uh there's this assumption that you, when you're from the block, when you're from the mm -hmm. hood, like yeah. you, you raw, ready to go, you can deal mm -hmm. with anything, right? You know, I'm from EC or I'm right. from so and so. Right. Like you can go in there, and you're gonna be all right, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you, that wasn't the react. That wasn't the case. Nah, nah, nah. And, and, and with me, you know, what I'm saying, and, and you know, I was, you know, I was, I was anti-street. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I never, I was never a street dude, even though, you know, I was in EC. And yeah. The, the thick of everything that yeah. was happening. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I wasn't, you know, I, I wrestled with that. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was, when I was, say when I was like 15, you know, you know, you, you, you experience obviously a lot of peer pressure. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Growing up, you know what I'm saying? You going to school with these guys and you live, you know, you live in the same neighborhoods and all these other things. But, you know, in the, you know, especially with the with the drug game, you know what I'm saying? People starting to, you know, do stuff or whatever. And it's like, you know, I didn't, I mean, for, I, I didn't want any part of that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I didn't want to be part of the destruction of my own community. That's how I saw it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Part of that obviously So was, where do you think that came from? Well, a lot of it came from, for, for real, from the, the hip hop we was listening to at the time. You know what I'm saying? We was listening to the positive music. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The PEs and the yeah. Stetsasonic and, BDP, all of that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we was listening to that and we were really, we were really uh, living it. We was it trying was, to live that. Yeah, yeah. We was trying to, you know, you know, we rocking African medallions and all, you know, I couldn't go from that to being, oh man, I want to sell dope. Yeah. And yeah. all this other and stuff. You, you, you rocking bo, 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 bo. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and not only that, but you know what I'm saying? In, in, in all fairness, my, you know what I'm saying? I seen like a lot of us had drugs in our houses before, mm-hmm. even before the crack came. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some of us had, you know, drug addicted parents. So it was like, you know, when you seen the ugly side of that, you know what I'm saying? You like, nah, man, I can't, I, you know, I can't do that to somebody. Yeah. So, man, so I want to stay here a little bit, because what is it? Because obviously there was something that that was coming into your, into your mind. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That, that reinforced this innate reality, Mm -hmm. this this intrinsic value that we bring to our, to our communities and say, listen, there's, there's a difference between good you know, and evil, right? right and so right. if we recognize the evils in our society and we don't have anything that's trying to show us something that is that is different or better than what, you know, is all around us, then how right. do we expect to change the conditions around us, right? So Absolutely. we keep filling ourselves with the same, you know, negativity that reinforces what we say we hate, but we right. don't have any escape. So what What now, I know this is, mm-hmm. you know, this is a little bit off topic, but mm-hmm. um, well, I mean, I, I always wonder like, what What are the things that we can do, mm-hmm. you know, for our youth, you know, uh, to be able to, to get out of the same situations that, you know, you know, praise, praise to God that we got right. out of, right? right? So, yeah. and, cause I was the same way. Like I grew up, you know, like, you know, neighbors to to d boys you know cool yeah, with them yeah. sitting on the sitting on the block yeah, run, yeah. run 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 from the cops and when they come as if i was like right, you know, right holding yeah, something. Yeah. but you know uh yeah. but still coming home to a reality that that wasn't me yeah, yeah right for sure. and so yeah. like how do we and how do we yeah mm. just how, how do we move in this moment especially because i don't hear much uh positive mm. music at all nah right yeah that yeah they um and, and again, we have to understand. For one, we have to understand too that that's part of the, that was part of the social engineering. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They, they, that in my opinion, that was, you know, that was as as purposeful as them dropping the drugs in our community. You mm. know what I'm saying? You know, them changing the music, and them changing the, you know, the um, the positive message, so that you know, because you think about it. I mean, even across the nation, you know, before um, before there were there was uh hollywood depictions of drive-bys and things people weren't doing stuff like that yeah now, i'm not saying people didn't get shot i'm not saying people didn't you yeah. know obviously but you know they you know like i said i, th- I believe it was social engineering for sure you no know for saying? sure they romanticize this yeah. reality yeah. and they create our hood heroes to exactly. be you know exactly. these hollywood you know, caricatures exactly um funny story i was in vermont mm. i was you know, i was living in vermont mm. the landlord uh, the first time that when we were when I was getting our uh, our space because I have a restaurant in Putney. Okay. Um, it's about two thousand people that live in this town. Mm. Like it was like you know eight black people that lived in that town. Right, I was, right. You know I was one of them. <laughs> um, uh, but man, it's a beautiful town yeah. uh, because again I'm an environmentalist. I wanted to be closer to farms and right. I really wanted to do what I wanted to do. Mm. But saying all that to say, the first time I met with my landlord, she remembered. So they she had one of those red box. Uh, uh, DVDs on her on her on her on her car chair on the okay. car seat, and I looked at it, and uh, she was like, "Oh man, have you ever seen the, this white lady? Mm. You ever seen The Wire? Right, looking at me like, have I seen The Wire? Right, <laughs> right. again, like looking, <laughs> right. and I said, 
I said, actually, I watched two episodes of The Wire. Thank you. Yeah. I said, I lived in East Cleveland. Yeah. yeah I don't need yeah. to watch it play Bruh. out on Hollywood Bruh. stages. Right. So this goes to your point yep. around like yep. I couldn't. Th- there are certain things that even us as a community yeah. like celebrate as being like yeah. our culture things that like are right re- now i couldn't watch it because i knew people who was really exactly. caught up in that game exactly and it wasn't a game to me no. like it was people whose lives was, it was life and death man. it was life and death it's yeah. not no it wasn't a, a story no um yeah. so this goes so you, when you think about like now you have people who are looking at these things mm. as entertainment it does you know dehumanize the realities of it and it is it, like you said it is there's some intent yeah. behind it and you got a question you know who's who's pumping yeah. that stuff into our communities to make exactly. sure that you know i've never to your point man i've I've never seen one episode of the wire mm-hmm. i've never seen it mm-hmm. and I, I don't have any desire to see it yeah you know what i'm saying you know and again when you have certain types of life experiences you know um you know you know it's not like you said it's not romantic mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's not something that you can glorify i mean and and you know, for like, I mean, I love my father. My father's deceased now, but I've seen my father crawling on his knees, throwing up, withdrawing from heroin. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, I've seen that. I'm talking yeah. about as a child. Right. So I don't have any, you know, you know, there's nothing romantic about, you know, a, a drug dealer. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? That type of lifestyle for me. It never was. It wasn't as a child. You know, I've seen people, you know, the first time I've seen people shooting up, you know what I'm saying? I was a child. Mm. I'm talking about like single digits. I wasn't even 10. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so when you see those types of things, then, you know, obviously it, it develops your perspective in a certain type of way. And, um, you know, but you have people again and you have some people with the same same experience that they didn't they didn't, you know, they, they gave into that pressure. And yeah. don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not coming off as some kind of self righteous person. There was pressure. You think yeah. I didn't I didn't want some money? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Or you know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, you you broke. You can't. You know what I'm saying? You can't get the girls because you broke. Right. Exactly. You know no, what I'm saying? Exactly. Whatever. That's you know what, what I'm saying? So yeah. so yeah. You know I I understand the pressure. You know what I'm saying? But I just you know it's like you see something and it's like nah, and you start you start seeing you you start seeing the murders. You start seeing the the long prison bits mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, and you like, nah, like okay, I see how this movie, I see how this movie, how this end. real movie ends, and you know then what I'm yeah. and then when we watch it on the big screen or we pump that stuff into our ears, yeah. we become desensitized to the reality. So when it happens in real life, it doesn't affect us the same, right? Right. You know, when you have simulated death or simulated, yeah. you know, drug overdoses yeah. and things that. Are, are reenacted you know mm-hmm. on the big screen when it happens your, your brain reacts to it the same way yeah yeah no right doubt. so when it happens in real life you're desensitized to reacting to it like man somebody just got murdered in front of me yeah, yeah right so yeah. It, it causes your brain to to kind of normalize it in a yeah. way and so like you said so there is definitely some you know something to be said around the intentionality of, of pumping this stuff into our communities absolutely and uh, there's got to be um there's got to be a re a reclaiming mm. of our our narrative right you know and our voices to make sure that you know that like east cleveland is not some monolithic reality no, no. you know mm-hmm. and that's why you know it's a blessing to hear you know again like another brother from east cleveland yeah. talking about his reality so understanding like the depth of Again, the world because experiences yeah, yeah, inform sure. you know how we show up right. in twenty twenty one and beyond. And so, uh, let's transition over into mm-hmm. so you 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 left the army, air force, uh, air force, yeah. air force. Yeah. I, I mean, they, ain't they the same? I mean, uh, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people, you, the people military. That, yeah, you know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, you yeah, still, you, I, I don't care myself, but you yeah. got people that sensitive. You know, people yeah. about you know. But some, you're a veteran, yeah, so technically vet. you're a vet. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, a vet. Yeah, veteran, yeah. Um, and so you you know you get respect for that um, in certain spaces, right? All right, bro. Let, let me say this. Yeah, okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's that, that's what I. Assume. I mean, me personally, <laughs> I, I'm not. Listen, I didn't join because I was a patriot. I'm gonna be straight up with you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I joined because you know it was the best of a lot of bad options for me mm. at the time. You know what I'm saying? It was it was out of necessity. 
You know wow. what I'm saying? Like, like a lot like, of people. Like voting for Biden. Bro, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah Lester, right. Lester, right, two right. evils. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, you know, I was really, the, the reality for me, the way I saw it was like, man, if I stay here, I'm not going to be able to hold out to this pressure mm. too long in some way, shape, or form. Wow. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I said, in either, these are my options. Either I'll get killed Mm-hmm. Or I'll end up in prison. Yeah. Or 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 maybe I'll end up an addict. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, my and you life, thought that at 16. Years oh old, man, yeah? bro. Because again, my life informed me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? One of the worst, one of my greatest fears, personally, at, uh, growing up was was like having f- not as ha- having children and having to go to prison because I've experienced that. Mm. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you you go on to visit a parent in prison, you go on, you know, you you taking trips down to Mansfield. Right. You know, that type of stuff. It 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 informed me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, I don't want to I don't, you know, so so I'm watching certain things. So we gotta meet these we gotta meet these brothers and sisters way earlier then. Cause they yeah. growing up. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. we meeting them yeah. too late. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times too, it's just that, you know, I think that uh, you know, we you have yeah, we, we're meeting them. Uh, oftentimes, we're meeting them too late. You know, I I was just um, I was fortunate. I was blessed, man, to 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 have a some consciousness to say that. No, you know what? I really have to. I really have to watch my stuff. You know what I'm saying? And again, you know what I'm saying. And I mean, my father was a good dude, man. He just had, you know, yeah. he had a, you know, he had a, he had demons, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he had been, you know, he had that before he ever had a child. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. he had those issues for a long since he was a since he was a child. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um and a lot of them were, you know, the things were were uh perpetual. You know what I'm saying? So I saw myself like, okay, you know, you have to break cycles. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, from from that, you know what I'm saying, to not, you know, to not to be an abstinent from any of those types of ill behaviors, you know what I'm saying? To me that was like, you know, cuz if, if I looked at it like statistically, it's like, man, that's where I should be. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, or or something like that. But um, you know, so yeah, so so yeah, at that at that young age, I was that that's the reason why I said, man, you know, I got to do something different. And I was a horrible student. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, I was a horrible student. Yeah, because I was I was so withdrawn. I was just yeah. like, man, let me just let me just do let me if I can do to make it the bare minimum and get out of here. That's, yeah, because you, you that, didn't you, you didn't see no 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 clear no, pathway through. No. Through that manufactured school, no, was, absolutely that not. That was not really producing, absolutely not. Yeah, anything that you wanted to jump into. Yeah. So yeah. So so then you so so right now, mm. actually, man. So now I'm looking at this book, right? You, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. so it, yeah. it, it 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 plays right there because yeah. um, the brother Ibrahim brought in a beautiful book, you know, for us to to have. And actually, my father has a copy too. Um, Revolution by the book. Mm. You know, you wanna. You know, let everybody know yeah. what that's about, um, because it's t- it ties into a, right. a lot of the stuff that you you talk. Because I let, just just you know, just so we know, like, um, I, I you know, like this this is this is getting, um, you know, th- th- this conversation took a turn in the, in the direction I didn't see it was going to go. Mm. Right. Mm. So um, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep it going in this direction because I think it's um. It's way more powerful than than me, you know, talking about you know, you know, <laughs> Colvin's ice cream. No, bro. It's, so, it's we can all, get there it's later. All, it's, no, all re, it's, it's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm For gonna sure. stay on this lane, and then we'll jump on, you know, okay. you as an entrepreneur and 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 the grind and the hustle that you're going okay. through right now to kind of like, you know, continue to move into, yeah. you know, creating, you know, community wealth and and mm-hmm. generational wealth for you, your family, your neighbor. So anyway, so right. but but talk about the book, the, the okay. other work that you you you're involved in, yeah, you know, and that kind of stuff. Well, Revolution by the Book is is uh is written by Imam Jamil Alamine, um, formerly known as H. R. Brown. And anybody who, you know, if you, if you know who H. R. Brown is, um, or if you don't know who H. R. Brown is, he's definitely someone that you can Google. You know what I'm saying? I know we, you know, that's how we do stuff nowadays. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he's someone that that was a um, that that was active as a young person back in the '60s. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, he was uh, I think the the fourth chair of SNCC, if I'm not mistaken, either the fourth, maybe the fifth chair of SNCC. You know what I'm saying? He was the chair after um, Stokely Carmichael, uh, better known as Kwame Touré. He was the chair after him. Um, 
Um, and I think Kwame Torre was the chair after John Lewis, who passed, you know, uh, the last, what, couple of years or so. But, um, yeah, but Imam Jamil Alameen, you know, he, how, how and I'm going to relate this to, to EC. Okay, you know yeah, for saying? sure, yeah. In terms of, you know, Imam Jamil Alameen, is, is, he's a leader. He's been a leader. Um, like I said, he was uh, involved in SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Um, you know, he's been involved in, um, you know, in the, in the Black Panther Party. Um, you know, and in fact, the Lowndes County Freedom Organization, which is really the original Black Panther Party, which people don't realize. They give they give just the and I'm, this is not a knock, but they give the, the credit just to, to what took place in Oakland um, and with Huey, with Huey Newton particularly. But people don't understand that that. The Lowndes County Freedom Organization was the was the organization that was created in Lowndes County, Alabama, Whitehall, Alabama. That's and it's, it so happens that my, my grandfather, my mother's father, is from Whitehall. Mm, wow! But um, so um, they had the the Black Panther was their symbol. Mm-hmm. So the brothers from Oakland contacted Lowndes County Freedom Organization to see if they because they wanted to use the symbol. So they were, but the Lowndes County Freedom Organization was also known as the Black Panther Party. Yeah, they weren't the Black Panther Party for self defense that happened in Oakland, but they were the Black Panther Party. Got it. Previous to what happened in Oakland, oh, nice, nice, because nice. they had developed, you know, again, and and SNCC, SNCC was developed um, primarily through uh, women like Ella Baker, you know, when they were young, when um, um, a lot of the younger activists like Imam Jamil Alamein, you know, Stokely Carmichael, and others had approached the uh, SCLC and. Basically, she told him, look, y'all need to kind of do your own thing because yeah. we don't want to get you, you know, pigeonholed and, you know, in these, quote unquote, older people's ways. At exactly. The time, which, which is really, really smart and insightful on her part. You know what I'm saying? So they did a lot of work in um, in, uh, in uh, Whitehall, Alabama and in uh, Lowndes County, Alabama, voter registration. And they used the vote as a means of organization, you know, and. um you know, so basically they 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 established Whitehall in the same way that that we're trying to establish EC in a certain type of way. They, mm-hmm. they established Lowndes County, Alabama. Now, previous to them establishing Lowndes County, Alabama, you know, um, there was a racist institution. But they essentially they took over the institutions in Lowndes County, Alabama. And ever since then, like like they would they would even like um, there was there's a. Um, a brother, an older brother down there now. Um, I think his, his last name is Parrish. I, I forget his first name. Mm-hmm. But um, but basically, you know, he t- he tells the story about Lowndes County and what they did. And they, they were so, like, so organized down there. And they, they said after that, there was no police killings in Lowndes County. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because they had took over the sheriff's office. They, their people right. had taken over the sheriff's yeah. office and, and all these other institutions in Lowndes County as, as previously you know what I'm saying? We know how well, you know what I'm saying? You could just get strong up and nothing to happen. Yeah, yeah. So they, they basically, they armed themselves against the Klansmen. Yeah. And literally, like, like so there was no more. Or they just coming in here. No, it's like they come in here, they getting shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that yeah. was their position. Yeah. They were, and it, we're talking about people who were defending their, their themselves. Exactly. And exercising a way um, to be self-determined. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's what it was, you know. But anyway, he's, but but Imam Jamil Alameen, because of who he who he is and who he was, he's, you know, there's been a vendetta against him um, by the United States government. And this is, this is evidence. So I'm not, I'm not just speaking in terms of a people who, a person who's like, okay, there's some kind of conspiracy against that. There is a conspiracy. Yeah. And the conspiracy can be backed up with, with data and facts. Exactly. And, and exactly. And legal representation and and filings and everything else. So it's not, like you said, it's backed up by, you know, uh, an entire, um, you know, uh, support system, right. you know, and legal um, proceedings that, mm-hmm. that that support everything that the brothers talking about. But yeah, but go ahead, yeah, for yeah. sure. So, so bringing it up to date, Imam Jamil Alamein is still alive. You know, formerly again, formerly known as H.R. Brown. I want to keep saying that because that's important um, to know who he was, who he who he is as a as a historical figure as well, especially in the, in the movement during the sixties, um, but. He's been in prison now for 21 years. Um, he's in prison for uh, the murder of a of a sheriff's deputy, 
in in uh, Fulton County, Georgia, which is Atlanta, and the wounding of another one. Now, the the one of the biggest things about his case is that there is a person who confessed to the crime, mm-hmm. who confessed to murdering the officer, who fit the description of the person who who confessed, or who who, who was who who they even said was the person because Imam Jamil is every bit of six six. If you ever seen him in person, he's very tall. You know the person who confessed to this crime, and in the description that they gave of the of the 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 uh, perpetrator, is that this person was five eight. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's very wow. you, there's no there's no yeah. <laughs> like you know there's no way you can you know you can make a distinction between somebody that's six six and somebody that's five eight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You look at a you know brother like Jamal. You know what I'm saying? He's tall. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like you can't say oh he, that was Ibrahim. No, yeah. you can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But um. So, so you know, essentially, we're, we're still working to get him out. He's a political prisoner. If you look on, um, we have uh, uh, Imam Jamil Action Network dot org. You have, uh, you know, several different websites. Uh, Free Imam Jamil dot com. Uh, what the 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 word? Uh, what happened? The number two rap. Mm-hmm. What happened to rap? As in rap? Yeah. As an H rap Brown? Yeah. Um, you That's dot com. Dot com. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, those places you can look and, and, and get, you know, information about him and support the effort. And not just him, but other political prisoners, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so we, we're yeah. struggling, again, because that's part of when we look at black self-determination, you know, um, then, you know, part of that is understanding that we have people in prison based upon their their political ideologies, you know what I'm saying? This is a real thing. You know what I'm saying? This you look at brothers the brother uh Russell Schultz just got out, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. recently in Philadelphia. I think he's done like I don't know if it's been fifty years, closer, but a lot of these brothers and sisters have been getting out recently. Yeah. And they're political prisons. But but Imam Jamil is one of them. Yeah, and that goes to the whole thing around you have this rush for people to, you know, begin to 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 position themselves to acknowledge systemic racism mm-hmm. in our communities mm-hmm. and the effects of it. Well, the effects are, guess what? You can, our leaders, um, are dehumanized, criminalized. You know, they're put in positions to where their value of who they were and who they are to us as a people is diminished because they're in prison. Right. Right. So. Right. So that is one of the most powerful things that 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 the that these that again that the system when you talk about things that are systemic, this is one of the most powerful things that can happen to to a people is that we don't have, you know, heroes and leaders mm-hmm. that are 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 are, are active and right. can be touched, right? right? And because right now what we do is we celebrate, you know, uh, the the those who have been you know, assassinated, mm-hmm. you know, or, and, and again, who assassinated, that's a whole nother, right, so right. You, you understand that there's been, there's been active um, movements and assassinations and court cases and police, you know, arrests, you know, to take our leaders out. Right. And what does that do to, to communities, you know, to, to black, black, black communities? Right. It leads us to you know, not having, you know, like you said, people who who are who are promoting the desire for self-determination and, and community resilience. Hmm. Because once we start to talk about an emancipated city, you know, hmm. freeing ourselves from the from the disruptive, you know, uh, uh, ailments and disruptive realities of capitalism and you right. start to talk right. about these things that becomes um it's 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 all it's pushing against the very thing that promotes you know well health and well being in this country and the construct of an extractive version of capitalism. Mm-hmm. So, so how and if we don't have those heroes that are that we can be walking down the street with that we can invite to East Cleveland to say, hey, right, li- this right. is this is brother Imam Jamil. He did it there, and yep, guess what? Yep. It validates the work that we're doing. It now you can catch it like wildfire because right. now we can begin to introduce people to something that was real and not something that you know we're dreaming about today. But this is stuff that we're looking at that 
was emotion. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. this stuff was emotion and mm-hmm. was intentionally stamped out by the powers that right. be. And that is the fact. Right. So um, continuing to try and make sure we align ourselves with people who are about, you know, an emancipated reality, mm-hmm. you know, from these these oppressive systems that keep Absolutely. holding us down. And so, again, thanks for bringing that to the, to the conversation, yeah. because as we start to go out here and talk to people, they have to understand that this is not something new. Mm-hmm. This is something that's grounded on, on you know, in, in the in the sufferings and the and the successes of people who came before mm-hmm. us. And we're just continuing down that line to bring it into the context of where we're at, where we're from, right. and then using our networks and our platforms to try and continue to do the work that mm-hmm. others are, are trying to do, both outside of uh, outside right. of bars and behind bars because he's still right. working absolutely and i i like to say um yeah. in terms of of you know relating it like um to how i got to my understanding and like like in terms of uh what like the vision we have for for we share for for east cleveland you know what i'm saying in places like like that you know what i'm saying we have to um look at it from the perspective that with um when imam jamil you know and and again i'm talking about somebody this person is is my leader you know what i'm saying yeah. it's a person that you know that i follow because not 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 out of name recognition not because oh this is you know this this h rap brown and you know what i'm saying not any of that it's because of the work that he that he was continuing to do and that you know i mentioned in whitehall he called us to to Whitehall, Alabama, back in '99, you know, and so as a as a congregation, you know, what I'm saying as you know, brothers from all over the country, you know, what I'm saying brothers and sisters from all over the country, we went down to Whitehall in 1999, and this is the very thing that he was talking about. You know, he was he was trying to establish Whitehall as a place. And I like that term you use. Um, we say emancipated, emancipated reality, emancipated, emancipated reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that that's 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 what he was trying. That's what he was doing. That was the work that that we were involved in. Yeah, and we were a lot younger and more, you know, you know, very excited and you know, like man, this this is the you know because when you look at leadership, you know, if, if leadership doesn't provide you with solutions, and if you don't have a leader that's 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 um, you know, that's willing to do the work. That's like, you know what I'm saying? He's not asking you to do anything that he's not willing to do himself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Those are leaders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you look at a Malcolm, you look at Martin, you look at people that, you know what I'm saying? Because in order to be sincere leadership, you know what I'm saying? You have to love the people, man. Yeah. yeah. You have you have to love the people. With all with all their shortcomings and their flaws, yeah. you have to love them. And that, that's a difficult thing. It's very difficult. That's difficult. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm not saying, I, I you know, I ain't. I ain't that person, you know. I mean, not, not that I'm not trying to be, yeah, but you know what I'm yeah, saying. But I mean, yeah. I'm just being just being honest. It's like it's hard to, you know, it's hard to 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 take that weight. Yeah, you know? I mean, but it, but it takes it takes us all leaning in, exactly. leaning in, exactly. having that self reflection to say what is our strengths, what do we need right. to get better at, and then advocating for each other right. and admonishing each other and bringing people in because that's what alignment does. It no allows doubt. us to continue to to stay connected in a way again again so like like i said at the beginning like mm. when i decided to come back it was like hey look i'm not just jumping in right um by myself mm. i'm not jumping in with just anybody it's got to be who are those people that are aligned Absolutely. with with the work that we're trying to do which is to establish a community-owned supply chain Right. right. That's going to speak unapologetic about the realities of East Cleveland mm-hmm. and centered on the re- on, on the fact that, hey, there's East Cleveland is 95 percent black. Right. Right. Um, there, you know, Cleveland Clinic bounced. Right. Mm-hmm. GE just, you know, let's took his mm-hmm. last little little um, little division out. Right. Um, we don't the, the, the store owners who are making the money mm-hmm. are either national chains of fast food yep. or people who don't live in the community. Yep. So yep. the tax dollars and the, and, I mean, so the dollars don't stay in the community. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if we know that that's the reality, and we also know that people in East Cleveland are voting at 10%. Right. Right. That's what that's ain't nobody. And again, it's not no indictment on anybody. No, no, this, this is just the realities. Yeah. And the people are so quick to talk about voter 
suppression. Mm-hmm. We want to talk mm-hmm. about voter depression, right? Because there's right. a reason why we ain't getting out to vote. No doubt. Because what is what what has what has been done for? I'm not talking about any about any community outside of you. I'm only talking right. about East Cleveland. When right. I'm talking about sure. this, I'm not talking about black people as a whole. The right. people in East Cleveland have been treated like trash. Right. right. And that's just the reality. Yeah, no doubt. And so it's not our fault that we're poor. It's done intentionally. Absolutely. It's not our fault that we don't have um, access to healthy food. That's called food apartheid. Right. That it's structural. It's structural. Right. That that happens. Right. There's no. Mm-hmm. It, there's policies put in place to make sure that we have crap foods. And one of the most highest netting liquor stores in the state is in yep, East Cleveland. Yep. So these, this is what we're talking about. Yep. And so if if people, I don't care what you look like, mm. if you are down with creating a space in East Cleveland that's grounded on this reality of 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 community ownership mm. and generational wealth for you know people in East Cleveland, but by the but for the people of East Cleveland that happen to be ninety five percent black, that means right. by default you're creating a black owned supply chain Absolutely. because East Cleveland has become the wasteland of extractive capitalism for the city of East for the city of Cleveland right in right. Cuyahoga County. Yep, so yep. we can't move anywhere else. Right. Who's exactly. gonna Who's gonna take the, this reality right. back except for ourselves? Yeah. That that's just like like the um behind Beachwood they wanted to you know pipe you know be able to flush their toilets and just have it all flow down the ec exactly you know what I'm yeah. saying? That, that's the but that's <laughs> i mean like metaphorically like how could you get any more accurate than that that's exactly. that's exactly yes. what they think exactly and you, you know don't understand saying? is when you look at this thing systemically and you, you go to a larger view if there's a there's a if there's a if there's a turd in your swimming pool, it's a turd in your swimming pool. And East exactly. Cleveland is that proverbial turd. Exactly. And so you can't ignore it. Yep. Okay, it's in there. You just yep. you swimming up up in that area, but you still looking down there as like there's man, there's there's there, there's a turd in the pool. <laughs> right, right, right. So y'all drive through East Cleveland knowing we exist. Y'all read the stories knowing what happens. Yep. Y'all yep. understand that, you know, we operating on a less than a thirteen million dollar budget when we should be at probably about $35 million for the city of East Cleveland. And that, so we're sitting there right. with not enough money to run the city. Exactly. It's set, it's set up It's set up for failure. Absolutely. There ain't no doubt it's set up for yeah. failure. So with that said, so we've begun to try mm. and, you know, align ourselves with entrepreneurs, with, with funders, with philanthropists who are interested in creating this reality in East Cleveland right. uh, that support this view. Mm. And so one of these... One of the, one of these things is again is through entrepreneurship, um, and and finding people not just who are want to just make money, right, right, because you know, like you said, anybody can just go and make some money, but right. where do you want to make money and how do you want to make it? So right. where is East Cleveland? Yeah, because we want those dollars to stay in the stay in the stay in the city. Mm. Um, so we're courting people who um, are fr- who ideally, so we're addressing brain drain, right. I had to leave, you know, because there wasn't opportunities in East Cleveland. I said, mm-hmm. look, I'm coming back. So we're trying to find people who are willing to come back to mm-hmm. East Cleveland and work together with this. We're finding people who maybe not have ever lived in East Cleveland, but they right. understand the plight of East Cleveland and right. they want to create this reality. Mm-hmm. And also we're finding people who never left. Right. So we want to make sure that we are, this is an open call for people who have an entrepreneurial desire to stay and build in East Cleveland right. through, um, through enterprises that they they have um or that we've kind of created uh as loiter to to jump into so we mm-hmm. kind of we're trying to like remove some of the barriers to, uh, of entry right. for entrepreneurs so if we hold a site uh we want to have people to activate those spaces because we don't have a place for people to hang out in east cleveland right, right? right. without looking like you know we're criminals so that's the why we named it called loiter, right? Mm-hmm. So loiter is to say, hey, look, we we can't be criminals in our own community. You can't build community without hanging out. Right. And loitering is is a definition of like hanging out, in our opinion. Right. So you've been on the grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've yeah. I came back. Uh, you used to have a brick and mortar ice yeah, cream shop. Yeah, briefly I did. Okay. Um, you know, I had 
Well, I was at, you know what I'm saying? I, Actually, I was, my bad. We weren't. We weren't. Right. No, no. What's the, what's the name? What's the okay, name? Oh, yeah, what's the name of your business? We, we, okay. talk, we talked about you, yeah. your history. Again, okay. the, 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 the necessary depth in order for us to really make this grounded in the reality right. of systemic racism, which is, which is so important. Mm. So now we're moving into we set the foundation. So now we put in these enterprises. Loiter is, is one. And then you've got a business right. that you right. are plugging into East Cleveland right. that's attached to this exact same reality. So right. go ahead and go. Okay, so it's, uh, the name of the business is Coven Sweet Creamery. Um, I came up with the, the, the concept started like, man, and about uh, 17 years ago. You know, I literally, I just, I called my grandmother one day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, grandma, how you, how you make ice cream? <laughs> you know what I'm nice. saying? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, because, yeah. you, know, you know, you had them memories from, you know, when you was a kid and, you know, my grandmother would make ice cream. And, you know, my grandmother's, you know, from the South. So, you know, she would make, make ice cream and, you know, we would just love it, man. Yeah. Like, and it was like, the, but you just never could duplicate the taste of homemade ice cream. Yeah. I don't care where you went. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, and uh, you know, she's 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 deceased now, but but that was you know that was the beginning. You know what mm, I'm saying? So you so, wrote all the recipes down. Yeah, yeah. So she gave you know she gave me a recipe, and you know, and, and look, you know better than me. You, you a chef? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I'm not a chef. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, you know, okay, I'm, but I know how to read. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I know how to follow yeah. directions. So yeah. I'm like, okay. So I did it, you know, and it, you know, and how many it, times did it take you when she to to get it right um, after you wrote man, it down? Phew. Yeah, <laughs> it, you know what it, it took because she made custard, mm, right? Yeah. So you yeah, know, yeah, and, and I I wouldn't have known this before <laughs> this, right? You, but you know, yeah, yeah. So we talking about egg whites, you know? what I'm saying, you know, for for those who don't know, you know, custard is basically ice cream with with egg in it, you know. So yeah. you have to cook it. Yeah. So it and it's it could be a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So I did it and by the time I made it and I'm like, man, this little bit of ice cream for all that. I'm like, man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I got yeah. to figure I got to do yeah. this. And it was it was good. It came out really nice, good. Nice. You know did, what I'm did saying? She, did she get a chance to taste taste it when you did it? Um you know what? Honestly, I don't think so. Oh man, that's okay, that's okay. yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think so because I was really like you know, and I and I wasn't making it at the time. Really thinking about it, I was gonna sell ice cream, mm. but I made it and it was it came out good. And I'm like, man, okay, like I'm gonna make that again. So I did it and I added I, I was like, let me twist it a little bit. Let me make coffee. Let me, you know, yeah, I never yeah. had homemade before then. I never had homemade like anything basically other than vanilla ice cream yeah maybe yeah, chocolate yeah I'm not, I'm not even sure about that yeah so so and th there's reasons why that you know because oh, okay. well well ain't nobody popping up no flavorful ice cream shops in the hood exactly. so that's why so exactly. but anyway I mean, yeah. you got to go to so, places that you're not welcome to right. get all the awesome flavors right. so you know we get the the, the frosty yeah, and and, yeah. The, and the ice cream exactly. cone from McDonald's. That's exactly. our ice cream experience in the hood. So that's, yeah. that's the reason why. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> so so I you know I made coffee, I made peach, I made mango. Mm -hmm. So I'm like okay, you know, and it can't. And again, you know, it, it you know a lot of work, man. So I took it, you know, I took it to some people and you know let people and people tasted it and next thing i know people's calling me like hey man can you make me some ice cream yeah, and i'm like yeah. man like <laughs> not really but i mean if you really yeah, want right, me to right. I'll, I'll figure it out but if you man. break me off some cash yeah I mean. <laughs> so so you know from there you know what i'm saying so that was my first experience so i really had to i really said okay you know what i think i can do this I so said, were you working at this time yeah i was you, working okay. full-time i was at at&t I, okay. I was at at&t for 17 years yeah so i'm like man I'm like, I can do this, but I got to figure out a way to make it um, more efficient, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, again, I was doing, you know, it was, it was a lot, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm using a little, you know, I had the little ice cream machine with the <laughs> pour the ice around, you know, I mean, that's what I had, man. So I'm like, man, you know, I'm like, this is not quite, you know, yeah. this is, this ain't working like well, but so. You got to scale up. Right, make some right. investments. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I've always, so during that time, I was always like trying to find ways to change my recipe. So eventually I ended up, I ended up uh, not making custard. I took the, you know, cause it was just too much work. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I found, you know, base recipes and I, I can't count the times that I tweaked it and to make it, yeah, you know, to yeah. make it mine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, essentially that's what I did. And, you know, um, um, you know, and then eventually I'm like, and I was, mind you, I'm still working at the time full time. And, um, 
you know, so I'm, you know, getting a commercial uh, uh, ice cream maker, you know, of, uh, you know, which is, you know, you know, for me, I ain't, I ain't had no money, but those things, yeah. are, they, they cost, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what no, I'm saying? Exactly. You know, start buying a freezer here. What, si what size you got on the, on the maker? The, uh, it's an Emory Thompson, the, uh, was it CB3 for the countertop? Okay. Okay. So, got it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, so, you know, it makes a, you know, it makes a nice amount of ice cream, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. you know, you want to always be able to move to that, the next, yeah. the next yeah. one. You really, are, that, are you already Googling the next yeah, one? Yeah, you already yeah. Googling the next one. <laughs> then, you know, you, you see those things, you talking about, man, $27,000 yeah, exactly. for that thing, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so yeah, they cost, you know, so, you know, I would buy a freezer here and there and, you know, so I, I basically got my equipment, um, you know, you know, I pretty much got all my equipment and I was trying to, you know, trying to do it and, you know, you know, um, but like anything, you know, you get to a point in life to where you're like, okay, you know, and, I, and me, I'm thinking about like, man, what am I going to leave my children? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it just so happened that, you know, I was having whatever the issues were at work, you know what I'm saying? But it came up to where I could take a buyout, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, you know, I took the buyout. I was like, I'm almost, you know, swing for the fences, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Go ahead and try to make this thing happen. You know, I didn't see a pandemic coming around the corner. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It is what it is, you know. So <laughs> so I come, you know, I, I you know, get everything up, you know, try to get everything up and running. So like so twenty nineteen, I um I was trying to establish a brick and mortar on Larchmere. Mm -hmm. You know, um <clears throat> but you know, some things just, you know, the way that the the city runs and the bureaucracy and the zoning and you know, all these other things that you know, I didn't understand. I, I I didn't understand the 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 business aspect of it. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I just you know, I you know, at, at that point, I knew how to make ice cream. I know how to make good ice cream. So I'm like, you know, yeah, thinking oh, like, you know, let me in. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but you know, they like, man, if it's almost like they telling you, like, man, look, if you don't have the capital, if you yeah. don't have you know, two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars that you ain't worried about losing, then you just you you can't do this. Correct. I mean, essentially, that's yeah. that's what they're telling you. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know better than me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. I, man, I remember when when you had your spot, the crust and crumbs yeah. like that. That, yeah. that was a beautiful spot, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The food was good. The service was great, man. You had a really great spot, man. I'm like, wow, man. You know what I'm saying? But don't, but you see things. You see brothers doing things like that. Yeah. And it, it does inspire you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, wow, you know what I'm saying? You know, we can do this. And you find spaces that work for you, right? And right. Because like right. you said, the access to capital is a real deal. And so Man. you end up looking at like um, the, I mean, when you look at, <laughs> funny, I was on a call with the county. Mm. <laughs> you know, I don't really care. I was on a call, right, right, right. call with the county. <laughs> And it was, it, again, they brought up, I won't tell you the location, but they right. brought, we were talking about this whole thing around, you know, they want to bring in companies, mm -hmm. you know, because there, there's investments that, you know, especially for opportunity zones and stuff like right, that, that, right. that dollars can come to, to communities. And so when you start to ask the question, you start to pull back the layers, it's like, okay, well, cool. Well, who, who can take who who can uh, take uh, advantage of these opportunities? Mm. And they say, oh well, you know, you start to hear the, the dog whistling. Right. Well, we're looking for mature companies. Okay, okay. What, right, what does right. okay? What's a mature company? Right, right. Okay, that means that you know you've generated X amount of right. Okay, well, I thought. Okay, so how can you become a mature company unless you have access to dollars in the first place? Right. And if right. you're talking about systemic issues around, mm -hmm. you know, financing and mm -hmm. lending, right. right. How are black and brown businesses going ever going to be a mature company? Right. 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 So you have to start somewhere. Somebody's got to cut the check to, you know, to incubate right. businesses, no doubt. to, to accelerate businesses so they can become mature. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't have things like that, that we can tap into to get, because what happens is there's there's wealthy friends and family that usually mm -hmm. help to establish, mm -hmm. you know, a young business like yourself, right? right? But like you said, your reality is not that. I mean, look, can you hit up your brother for for for, for a quick hundred to help you get started up? No, right? So there's some realities around when you have generational wealth, yeah. like you're talking about your kids. The idea would be, you know. You leave them something mm -hmm. that one person may have an idea with. They can say, hey, you exactly. know what? I can spot you some money. I can invest in what you're doing. Right. Right. And I know I'm going to get it paid back. 
Right. 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 So right now we don't have that luxury, you right. know, as a community. And so um, you're right. If you don't have access to capital, um, the the likelihood of of you being successful, um, especially in you know in areas that the rent is high yeah, yeah. and all these other uh, factors is you know your 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 success rate is diminished which brings in this whole other question the whole conversation around east cleveland right e- again east cleveland i'm um, just as a, a, again uh, we putting out the apb for all these entrepreneurs that right. are trying to be in these hip spots mm-hmm. or yep. you know these places that just want you to pay them some rent. Yep, yep. They they don't they don't. It's it's like you're a walking wallet to them. Absolutely. You know, like give me your money. I don't care if you succeed. Exactly. If you go on exactly. in in six months, it don't matter. Like yep. literally, you know, fine. You you you. I got your money. I'll find the next you yep. know schmo exactly to give me is. your money, yep. and then you're gone. And then your credit is messed up and everything yep. else, and you can't go out. So you. That's why alignment matters. Mm. Listen, we want to work with people to say where are you at right now, right? And build this city together, right? Right. You know, no from doubt. where you're at, and so. Because we understand the lack of capital issue, mm-hmm. and it's about sharing resources, sharing what we have in order to like be together right from the beginning. Because we don't, you know, we got just enough to get by, exactly, and that hasn't really netted any nah. the manifestation of nah. any black reality that can we can point to in Northeast Ohio that right. we can say that's us, right? No doubt, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I mean, and and you know. That's, you know, that's exactly, you know, why I ended up, um, like I said, when, when I tried to get the spot on Larchmere, what, mm-hmm. what you're saying is exactly what happened. Mm. That's exactly what happened. You know, so, you know, eventually, obviously, I had to pull out, pull out of there. And then, then, like I said, no, no one saw the pandemic coming. So that, yeah. that, that added a whole different wrinkle to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when you don't have the capital. But real quick. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you might have been going ahead and say what I'm going to say because I, mm-hmm. I used to run a business incubator in, in Boston. And what we okay. saw is the people who were most affected by the pandemic mm-hmm. were black and brown businesses because. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, whether we yeah. saw it coming or not, absolutely, we were less prepared to deal with it because of the reality of our financial situation. Exactly. So anyway, so anyway. Exactly. No, that's real. That's yeah. real. And like I said, because, you know, you don't have, you know, friends and family to just like, you know, they like, OK, man, well, I know I can get, you know. A quarter of a million from them. Yeah, and, and and we don't even realize that, man. That that is really a lot of people's reality. Yes, I, I was listening <laughs> to a show, man. You know, it, it, it was uh, it may, it may, I think it was matter of fact, it was Freakonomics on NPR. It was one of you know, but they talk about different things or whatever. And I don't know if I should plug them. I, I no, that's cool. That, no, like the people need to know yeah. what it is. Listen. So, um, you know, um. It was the the found they they would interview like the founders of like certain tech companies or whatever, and I can't remember what particular company this was. But and we talking about a today we talking about a multi billion dollar company, mm-hmm. and the guy um, who was you know who was being interviewed, you know they when they asked him how matter of fact no he has a it was it was a microbrewery I believe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying they like well how'd you get he was like well you know yeah we went to you know friends and family and we raised. You know, he he's like, man, look, already we already already had a hundred thousand. We went to friends and family, you know, and you know, we raised another two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that, and it was like, and and not only, and it, and he had that money. They failed the first time. They were able to go back to friends and family <laughs> and and do it again. Yeah, exactly. I was like, but but yeah. this is people's reality, and we don't have this reality. Yeah, you know, so you yeah. you you kind of do it on, you know. No, absolutely, because failure is part of it. You want to be able to exactly. learn. So you need exactly. to have dollars to be able to exactly. experiment and fail. That's yes. because you cannot yes. experiment without failure. Like it, it's, I'm, it's, I'm so glad you said that. It's, important. it's impossible. People don't understand that. Yeah. People see, oh, you know, they, they don't understand. First of all, we don't understand in a lot of ways how to define success and failure. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's not, it just, it doesn't just equate to money you know what i'm saying yeah. you know it doesn't just equate to money the things that i've learned in this process look you know first of all people say oh you you sell yeah i do sell ice cream but people don't understand i make ice cream yeah do you exactly. understand that i yeah. have to and, and, and i'm saying this because of things that i didn't know i didn't know that i had to go to the the ohio department of agriculture 
and become a licensed dairy pro- uh, uh, processor. Mm-hmm. I, you right. know, who who knows that other than probably farmers? Right, exactly. exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, so when people are like, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't know that, yeah, okay, you know, I have to send samples to the state so they can check my product for bacteria and yeah, all this other yeah, stuff yeah. like like so people say oh yeah you sell it. no i'm not i'm not going and buying ice cream yeah from uh you know wholesale somewhere and just re you know retailing yeah, it yeah it's like no i'm making this stuff you exactly know the desire is again so now when you talk about mature businesses mm-hmm. right how do we and this is the call to people who looking to invest in businesses right. like how do we make a black dairy manufacturer there you go that's the question that's the point because exactly. again he's not not exactly. just you know peddling exactly. ice cream out you know you know that he's you know, buying again manufacturing understanding the trade understanding Absolutely. the science behind it like becoming certified in these things and that becomes a cost you Absolutely. know you have to <laughs> invest your time and dollars to establish this and experiment Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and adjust, you know, iterate the recipe, say, mm. oh, you know, so then, so anyway, you're, you're right. Like that is, it's a distinction between somebody who's manufacturing right. and someone who is selling. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So you want to be a manufacturer right. and a retail. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, so what, what, what I ended up doing once I, um, you know, once the, the, um, the brick and mortar didn't work out, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I, um, I went. In, I had a friend who um, who had a restaurant, so I went into, you know, the restaurant um, along with him. You know what I'm saying? But you know, his partnership in the restaurant didn't work out. You mm-hmm. know, so they ended up closing. And again, all, all this is during yeah, the pandemic, yeah, so there's a lot yeah, of different moving yeah, parts to yeah, this thing. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And you're trying to hustle. You right. again. You and you you right. keep swinging, man. Yeah, and you keep no, swinging. And again, nobody don't. And, you can't stop. Right. And like I said, I had bought all this equipment. I had bought. You know, I bought a box truck. My my plan was to make the box truck into a food truck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which you know, obviously things get it kept getting put off because of money and because of you know trying to trying to establish a business in particular. So now I just got to the point to where I said, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna start with these with the truck as my location. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As yeah. opposed to me having the overhead of a brick and mortar at this time. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna start from here and build it, build it. You know, so so the the food truck is it is, it's complete in terms of it being licensed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, obviously, you know, you always build it. Um, you know, um, but you know, so that that's part of what I want to bring to the space. You know, you know, uh, with with you all, with Loiter. You know what I'm saying? In the EC. You know what I'm saying? And try to try to help contribute. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. You know, I, I want to to be. I want to add something. You know what I'm saying, and um, you know, and again, to give back to the community, and not just, you know, to help to help develop, man. It ain't, you know, for me, you know, the whole concept of business, you know, yeah, I mean, of course, you want to make money in business, so, but, but at the same time, you know, it's 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 much much deeper than that to me. You yeah, know what I'm saying, the, and they call that the triple bottom line, right? Right. The triple bottom right. line is what are the community benefits you bring in? Exactly. It's not just about exactly. the dollars. We're not. We're not just trying to like, right. You know, have that kind of MC eight. I gotta take. It, exactly. I gotta get mine, so I'm gonna take yours mentality. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's so about developing. Man. It's about developing. developing. We've got Absolutely. the space to be able to set you. So, so come the spring, right? We yeah. looking forward yeah. to the spring. Absolutely. Um, right now you process. Uh, you 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 produce at the the, the launch yeah. kitchen. I mean at the uh, uh, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Uh, at, uh, Central, Central Kitchen. kitchen. Yep. Central Kitchen, Central Kitchen on, on Carnegie, 28th and Euclid. Oh, oh, yeah. they got two locations. Yeah, they right? do. Yeah, okay. Carnegie is is a um, they. I think they they do a lot of storage stuff there. And, okay, um, but yeah, they but they 28th and 28th and Euclid is where the, is where the kitchen is okay. at. Okay, so that's you're, where I yeah. out of there. you're producing out of yeah. an approved kitchen. Yes, right. Yes. Um, it's going to be on your truck. Absolutely right. And then we're going to set that truck up right at 15001 Euclid. Yeah. Um, look out for us. Um, I'm ha- I mean, again, again. You know, praise God, you were able to come. Definitely, man. I mean, this has been beautiful. You, this won't be the last time. Obviously, oh, you added definitely. so yeah. much. You, you were the sub in for Jay. Uh, right, no, I, I, man, I, I can't replace that brother, man. <laughs> ain't, ain't no, I don't know nobody cool. I don't know nobody cooler than exactly. Than he make, and in fact, when you're not as cool as Jay, he make yeah. you look even that much more weak, right? <laughs> so it's just like, so you. Got yeah, I need to get some. I need to get talk to him about some tips too, because I need, I, I need his, his, uh, you know, that that creative mind, that that artistic mind, to you know, give me some pointers, man. You know, that's that's coming. Yeah. So that's all part of what Lord is doing. We've got, we've got our platform. We've got, you know, we've got the podcast. We've got the space. We've got the part 
partnerships that we're trying to generate. And again, it's about people who are aligned with creating this, like, you know, again, this, this community owned supply chain grounded in the reality of East Cleveland, mm -hmm. like meeting people where they're at, um, understanding that it takes all of us to really develop, like you said, develop, you know, East Cleveland in a way that's centered on the needs and desires of the people that have been left here to toil away. Right. And if we can work, you know, together to 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 own our spaces, to create mm -hmm. spaces for for conviviality, for us to convene and for us to hang out. Right. That's really going to to, to 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 position us to be able to to hold the necessary capital to develop within the community in a way right. that honors the dignity of the people who have been here. So okay. that's what we're trying to do. Um, be on the lookout. Um, we got to get your website up, bro. Yeah, Man, yeah, you know, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. even play. So how do we find you? Right now, I mean, just through social media. I'm on uh, Instagram, Coven Sweet Creamery, and uh, and Facebook also, Coven Sweet Creamery. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I, I got to be honest, man. I'm, I'm the, you know. I'm I'm old now. When it comes, I mean, you know, you realize, man. I'm like when I tell, like, I have my kids. Like, hey, man, y'all y'all do this for me, man. Please, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because I, you know, I'm just not. But you know, we working it out, man. It's it's just the way we gotta, you know, it's the way we move now. So yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. We, we we gonna keep swinging, like we said, and uh, appreciate you. And again, yeah. check out, you know, Revolution by the Book. You know, Absolutely. check out the free Imam Jamil. Yeah, free you know. Imam Jamil, and let, let's keep rolling and, and, and get at us in, in East Cleveland so we can continue to build on the legacies of these brothers that we look up to. So, yeah, so again, uh, thanks, bro, for, for, for joining us, man. Um, be on the lookout uh, for what we're going to be doing in East Cleveland, including, you know, uh, powerful uh, entrepreneurs like Ibrahim, you know, and, and Coven Sweet Creamery. Um, we're going we're gonna to get that truck branded. We're going to look at nice and nice and fly. You're going to see it riding up and down Euclid Avenue and parked at 15001. Uh, right now, um, you know, we, as as Lord of Voice and Culture, uh, we've got this podcast. You know, make sure you subscribe. I think we're on, uh, on, on Google Podcasts, Apple, and Spotify. Um, and then we also have a, uh, a monthly speaker series in collaboration with the East Cleveland Public Library called... Uh, critical community conversations is our version of, uh, of, 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 of talks that are going to be uh, centered on the realities of East Cleveland, bringing national and, and local leaders to talk about um, the things that are relevant to us as a community. The first conversation is called uh, We've Been Here, How Do We Stay Here? Um, so join us November 13th um, and register online uh, both this month and uh, future uh, months to come. Peace.